0: Kentucky fans be afraid be very afraid. What
1: went through your mind when you were watching the squad?
0: My god. Zion Williamson for three. Not just a dunker folks. My god.
1: There's the pass to Leitner, puts it up. My god. So a runaway train. And then the beautiful bounce pass to R.J. Barrett, who finishes and gets fouled. My God. No go. Rebound. Do oh,
0: not right it. It. What a break
2: to Williams.
0: What a break for Plotty. Oh! Oh! Also, awesome, baby with a double the way. My God. 118-84. Unbelievable. My God. Duke has made everybody in the college basketball world take notice here on night one of the season with an unbelievably impressive performance. My God.
1: This is the 5-point play podcast. The diehard Duke basketball fans podcast brought to you by the Duke Blue Brotherhood Forums. They are ecstatic AC about the Duke-Kentucky game 24 hours away on pump. And and to get into it, AC, to get myself going this weekend, I watched a few of the old Duke-Kentucky games. And one of them that I think that people are forgetting. Everybody remembers Leitner. Everybody remembers the 118-84 drubbing a couple years ago with Zion and RJ. But Jay Williams, Jason Williams to me, 38 big points, 2001 overtime game. Up in East Rutherford, that game to me is one of the all-time greats, and I watched that game. Had my popcorn ready, and I am fucking pumped. This
2: <laughs> do, you, do yourselves a favor: go to YouTube, search Duke versus Kentucky 2001. The full game is there. You heard it on the intro that we just put in. It some of the clips are from that game. That was an incredible game. 104 to 103. What was it? I think was a single or double overtime. It was a single overtime, right? Yeah, I think it was a single overtime game. That's that is one of my favorite boot games of all time. Like that game was so good, man. It was so
0: good. I think that was my first game. Oh, did you make? Were you at that one? I I, I don't remember. I'm I'm too young to. But I, it sounds <laughs> like a game say, I like, would have been at.
1: You had you had to just been a fetus at that point.
0: I was alive. I was <laughs> oh alive. man,
1: hey, that,
2: that was, mean, was honestly, such a good game. Like our our record in that arena, we we're like what fifteen and. I honestly, so like honestly I, I
1: looked. I actually looked it up earlier. Uh, I think it was, like, 17-1 and one or something. Yeah,
2: we only lost one game there. This was Yeah, that, that was such – you know, we had fun up there. <laughs> we definitely had fun up yeah. there. Like, we had, like, five regional championships, one up there, like, all kind of yeah. stuff,
1: man. Yeah, I still remember uh, Corey Maggette throwing one back. Uh, yes, sir. And the happy it was against Temple, right? Yes, sir. In the Elite Eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Cool, On right. so we got Duke, Kentucky coming up. We got a lot to get to, and uh, I think one of the fun things about the Duke, Kentucky – matchups if you've been watching Twitter over the last week you've seen a lot of people chirping on both sides <laughs> and you see you've, getting it, but... <laughs> you've seen me <laughs> chirping
2: like crazy I look I am not I'm not even playing I've been tagging Kentucky people I've been quoting Kentucky <laughs> people they don't want to respond though man I don't know what the problem is if they're listening I'm gonna tag you when we put the podcast out so when you listen to the first two minutes of the thing you'll hear yourselves I've been tagging y'all man where's Big Tim? Where's the other dude, Big Blue Madness? Where's Jack Pilgrim? I want all of y'all, man. I'm tagging every single one of you.
0: They don't want the every smoke. Every one of you. They don't want the smoke.
1: <laughs> they, they, I mean, when AC Jack, you know this. When AC Jack he's lying to something, he doesn't want to go.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, that's, it, that's it, man. Determination, dog.
1: I want this. Let's go. I hope I see y'all in
2: person. Jack, you coming to New York? Oh, yeah. You, Jack. I'm talking about Jack Pilgrim. You coming to New York, Jack Pilgrim? <laughs> Where you at, man? Just railroaded our object. <laughs> I'm all coming. Right, I'll I'm fight.
1: coming. i be
2: there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. The uh, so, 5 play crew is going to be there in representation. Uh, so I, I want those right. Kentucky fools there, too, though,
1: man. Uh, I, I don't. I'd like, to have, uh, <laughs> I'd like to have Cameron North again, to be honest with you. Um, all right. So one of the fun things about the Duke-Kentucky matchups, uh, it doesn't just happen on the hardwood. It happens in recruiting. So we thought it might be a little bit of fun uh, to reminisce about some of the Duke-UK battles that mm-hmm. we've had. And, um, you know, one that we were talking about offline, real quick. Uh, AC, I'll let you have it. Uh, John Wall. Yeah. You know, that was a that was a time when Duke recruiting wasn't up to snuff, and we were still looking for kind of like that big five star one and done type of player. And John Wall was coming right out of North Carolina, right in our own backyard. And we we had a lot of Duke fans, myself included, that thought we had a chance in that one. Mm-hmm. And then Calipari came right out of the woodwork and and just snagged him. Yeah, man,
2: he's, he snagged him late. That was that, uh, that was that 09 class. Yep. Right before, you know, right before everything kind of started setting off with Duke recruiting. Like this was, Wall, that kind of, him, DeMarcus Cousins, those guys, that represented that first like one and done class that kind of started everything up. So, you know, heads off to them because we, we tried to get in late with John Wall. He was from North Carolina. You know, we wanted to, Like he was, he was a beast. We needed something to change the program because in that, like in that moment in time, we were stagnant. Like that was the Greg Paulish years. Unfortunately, Greg, I gotta keep bringing you up, but that was the Greg Paulish years. Things were not looking great. It was like, man, could we put John Wall with you know with guys like Kyle Singler, and Nolan Smith, and all them? And it looked like it. It kind of looked like it for a minute, man. And nah, uh, it didn't, ended up not panning out.
1: Yeah, and and Jack, if you remember. Uh, that was a time and obviously and yeah, like you said, AC it kinda of worked out well for us because that year, you know, Kentucky really wanted us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that that's what Kyle and Parry had been talking about. Um but you know, we had been struggling for so long. Do you remember, Jeff, do you remember that recruitment at all? Because it was kinda of between him and it was in our and just a bunch of names in there. But that was kinda of like the one that, you know, kinda of started off the the more recent one and done rivalry.
0: I mean I do remember I remember hearing bits and pieces about it. I was I was pretty young at the time but I remember hearing the Duke fans around me expressing their disappointment that a kid from Raleigh wasn't going to Duke who had a chance to be like a top pick in the NBA draft and who could lead Duke to a championship again obviously we didn't we didn't need him to win that championship but <laughs> it was uh it, there was a lot of disappointment when he chose Memphis, and then after Calipari swi- uh, switched up, got a new job, he he did end up going to Kentucky. But mm-hmm. and I'll mean, I like do you uh, one better.
2: I'll I'll do you one better. I'll say if we got Wall, I I think that the chemistry in that team would have dramatically changed. I don't know that we won that title with him. Oh yeah,
0: no chance. I think it's very different.
1: I mean, you know, obviously, yeah, it's it's hard to sit there and say, you know, for sure what would have happened. Right, obviously. Right. We're not going to change it for. I mean, I think it would have been pretty sweet just from the standpoint that sure. it, it speeds us up, and you can you can put Shire where he really belongs, which is in the two spot. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kind of like the the next year where you know we talk about Kyrie coming back, right? You know, and, and what happens with Nolan then? So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. I mean, you can make an argument both ways, and and I'm like you said, I'm glad that how things worked out. I okay, do so, wish yeah, real quick too.
2: I do, I do wish that. We had a chance to see Duke play Kentucky in that in that Final Four at a national championship game because that that really would have been the first like seniors versus one and done yeah you know title game since the Fab Five thing back in the nineties you know what I mean that because that's who they were comparing them with was the Fab Five because of that ridiculous class that they had but that that would have been kind of cool to see that
1: yeah it would have been a, a a great matchup and and like you said that it would have been oil and water you know we have a slow team for Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, alarmingly unathletic. Doug <laughs> <know, laughs> Gottlieb. You know. I'm going to tag you
2: too, fool. Uh,
1: and, and so it really would have been a really interesting matchup to to, to see. But it didn't happen, and, and we got the banner. Mm-hmm. So uh, another one, I want to keep it with UAC because this is your boy. This is Gross. your guy.
2: I know who you're going to say, too. This is stupid. This is like, your let's guy. move on. Let's no, move on to, your move on From to New New the New York
0: Knicks. <laughs>
1: Julius <Should we laughs> oh,
2: What happened oh, What God. happened in this recruitment? Oh my god, dude! And this by is... the way,
1: I'm, I'm not sure why Jack, I'm not sure why Jack's laughing because I got one for him. Next oh, I
2: know. Time. Ah, no way, yeah, man, the, I ah, Julius Randall. Look, the, no, like full disclosure. When when he was a recruit, I wanted this dude to Duke so bad. He was he he was a Duke recruit. We offered him. You know, we were visiting him constantly. He would have he would have helped so many things with that team with Jabari. Man, like that would have been that would have been crucial, dude, because we needed a big man, but he didn't want to, he wanted to play the same role as Jabari and it wasn't going to work and I get it, you know, do what you got to do for your future, man, but that would have been a tandem that really could, you know, we we would have at least beat Mercer, you know what I mean? Like, so, damn, I hate Julius Randle so (laughs) much. Oh, man, I wanted him, but I hate him. That's one of those things.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was another one um, that we've talked about a lot, just Mm -hmm. that he was something we could have easily used. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, got, you got Jabari Parker. I mean, you know, Jack. You made a good point uh, offline about we needed someone in that that five spot that season desperately,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that would have been Julius Randle.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, Emil Jefferson didn't didn't cut it. I love Emil to death. He wasn't ready to play the play the five spot as a six seven power forward. All right. He ended up a couple years later doing just fine in that role, but that was a couple years later.
1: Yeah, he wasn't ready yet, though. And neither, and neither was Marshall Plumlee, so it, it, uh, it was just too early. And, and I think it really was one of the wasted years for Duke um, because mm-hmm. Jabari was so good. And so was Rodney Hood. Talk about a guy on the sun. All right, so let's kick him one more to, uh, to the favor of Kentucky. And we we'll are going to Jack's boy. <laughs> Kevin
0: Knox. call him my boy. We shared an elevator once.
1: That's are guy.
0: We shared an elevator once. You can't stop
1: talking about
0: him, Jeff. Uh, this <laughs> recruitment hurt, man. Everyone thought he was going Duke. Um, mm-hmm. it there was like I I was putting together photoshops of him in a Duke jersey. I was I was so excited. I was refreshing his Twitter page for hours, just hoping his announcement would come up. <laughs> just, I was so beyond ready. Remember the Florida State smoke that came in like at the very end when they were like, "Oh, I hey, was might freaking go to out about State. that. I did not want to see that guy in the ACC." You know, I was excited to see a lineup <laughs> of like Duvall, Grace, and Trent <laughs> Knox and Carter. I thought that oh, would be man, such a good lineup. And then Marquise yeah. Bolden coming in to rotate the bigs. Thought it would be so yeah. just straight up elite. Another another late Duke versus Kentucky battle. Marquise Bolden. Exactly. Exactly. That that's yeah. part of why I brought it up. That's another one I got yep. you to look back at the year before Knox. But I remember I look after dinner. I refresh my his Twitter page. It says Big Blue Nation here I come. And I'm like, gross. You got. I have spent like yep. three weeks getting ready for this dude to come to yep. Duke. Yep. And Kentucky out of nowhere.
2: I think unfair. It, it kind of felt like like because if you're an old like a little bit of an older Duke fan, you didn't have to be super old, but like the Harrison Barnes thing. It sort of felt like that, but, like, we'd already gone through Harrison Barnes, so it was like, okay, whatever, we'll move on. Because the class we already had was already pretty good anyway, so it was like, damn, we lost him, but okay, we can move forward. And then we already dealt with the disappointment of losing Barnes. Well, yeah,
1: that was kind of the thing. We had already been through, so we weren't going to get burned again. But I think the bigger point Mm -hmm. was that we had a really good class to that point, and we were just like, you know what, we don't need you.
2: And then we added Marvin so, Bagley, so things are
1: all right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, there's
0: no Bagley without Knox. Exactly.
1: Or with Knox, right. I guess. Um, but hey, yeah, uh, AC, you mentioned uh, Marquis, so let's go right to it. Uh, that was one that dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. Both, you know, it, it's, it's the, cu- the the classic other fans' yep. perspective. Well, you know, if it were up to the kid, he would have gone to Kentucky, but the, the mom wanted to go to Duke. You know that was I remember that being mm-hmm. you know kind of the talking point from Kentucky after Bolden ended up you know joining Duke and Tatum and and Harry and, and all those guys uh, what do you remember about that recruitment because I just remember being irritated on how long it took
2: easily just the most frustrating irritating recruitment I've ever tried to follow in Duke history easily because now not only were other fans you know throwing smoke everywhere else but the the you know, Bolden and his family a little bit. Were kind of you know they they were so undecided. And he, I think the kid truly was. I've never gotten complete confirmation about you know he wanted Duke all the way or he wanted to go somewhere else all the way. It was just it was. I think he also was very conflicted with where he wanted to go to school. Quite honestly, and eventually he chose Duke. I'm I'm glad he did. You know he gave us he was serviceable for, serviceable for us for you know for a while and everything. But it was just it was so most frustrating recruitment I've ever had to follow ever.
0: My favorite thing about his recruitment was on his decision day, he wore a TCU shirt to school.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember, remember that. Like, remember the pictures came out. It's like, oh, God, it's going to be TCU all of a sudden? Because they were in it. Like, Texas, the, some of the Texas schools, Texas CCU, Texas Tech, they were all in it. Like, he was yeah. he was in it. Like, it was all the way, man.
1: And it should it have honestly been one of those things where, you know, he was so torn that he's like, screw it, I'm just going to go to somewhere like TCU.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He would have right, been a right, truly. Pick year one if he had gone there. <laughs> truly.
2: Like it was oh, it was, you know, it was it was nuts, man. With and, and centers were still being recruit or still being drafted pretty high back then and everything. So it was his decision really was a business decision.
1: Now, speaking of business decisions, so I do remember the spring and the summer of the RJ mm-hmm. coming in to uh, to that, you know, heavy recruitment. He was the number one player in the country and the Kentucky fans were already licking their chops, saying that we were going to yep. get R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, yep. Cam Reddish, maybe yep. Trey Jones. We're going to steal him from Duke. Obviously, we know how that worked out. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, R.J. They had they had Kentucky fans legitimately, and they can say that they didn't, but we can we have receipts. So <laughs> uh, you know, J- Jack. I mean, you tell me, uh, what do you remember about the R.J. recruitment? And because when he picked Duke. I just laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had a strong feeling he was coming to Duke, especially since he uh, single-handedly beat Calipari and his team of five-star recruits in the 18U uh, World Cup. If you're going to take yourself and a bunch, of, a bunch of guys who are, quite frankly, not nearly as good as the opposing team and single-handedly beat this coach, why would you want to play for a guy like that? who is not that good of a coach. Exactly. And that, that's one of the things I remember
2: the most about that recruitment was Kentucky fans were jacked up after that because it was he was demolishing Cal, but then he was exposed to Cal, so they were like Cal got to meet with him before and after the game, and he was getting his hooks in him then, and it was like he was showing Cal what he could do. It was, come on, man. like <laughs> he, he was showing y'all what was going to happen on November 6, 2018, is what he was doing.
1: Woo! Let's,
2: hey! let's go,
0: Jack Pilgrim. Oh, honestly oh. i was more scared of oregon in that recruitment though yeah, than yeah. i was kentucky yeah oregon
2: kind of came in late and it was like you know that whole canada oregon thing but yeah truly truly that was one where it was like okay duke duke's got this one but there's kentucky flames somewhere here there's smoke at least not flames kentucky flames here and there
1: yeah that yeah that was a lot of manufacturing suspense i mm-hmm. thought um you know we, we had some pretty good insiders at the time telling us this things is all mm-hmm. um all right, so the last one is obviously the most recent one, Jack. Derek Lively, I know you loved
0: <laughs> this one. <laughs> oh, it was a fun one. Derek Lively uh, out of the West Town School, same high school as Cam Reddish. He, uh, he wanted Kentucky to stop recruiting Adam Bona, who didn't even end up committing to Kentucky.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> That's the
0: best part of this whole thing.
1: That's by far the best Kentucky
0: part. said, no, we want him too. And he was like, okay, screw you, I'm going to Duke. That's mm-hmm. simple. And you know what? I'm happy with that. I'm you happy. Did. Lively's clearly happy. And the the kid's still growing. And my favorite part is that this isn't even Kay beating Cal. This is Shire. Oh,
1: that's the best part.
0: This is John Shire doing this. Yep,
2: yep, that's the biggest thing. That's that's Shire's Shire's first victory over Kentucky. And and kind of signifies, hey look, I'm here. So and now we got another one coming up. You know, now we got Derek Lively, we got another one coming up for the next class with Mac Mumbaco. Duke versus Kentucky, that's going to be another one that's going to play out.
1: And and, and, and do you see, real quick, you know, we can talk about lively all day, but we've actually spent a long time talking about him when he did commit. So let me ask you about that, AC. Mm-hmm. Do you see him watching this game pretty intently tomorrow night saying, hey, you know, I'm going to see where I fit in with both of these programs and I'm going to see him go up against each other?
2: I mean, yes, I think he'll he'll look at it, but I, I don't see him using Making this game decision. as, a, as a, yeah. a justification for his decision. It's a different staff. Different coach, the program could be in a different direction, could not be. I, I think what really is going to affect Mac Baco's decision, number one, is is he gonna go pro? Number two, what does he see in Shire? Like is he like is he truly, you know, is, does Shire's charisma and the way he can relate to people and things, is that a big factor for him? Does DJ Wagner end up not going pro and go to Kentucky? Does that affect his decision? Because DJ Wagner is one of his boys, they play together. And you know, it, as as it seems, he's he's all all in on Kentucky because his dad was uh, his dad got coached by Calipari originally. So that's a big deal, man. So it, it, this is going to be one to watch, and it's one for Duke fans to watch. It's one I'm nervous about, quite honestly. And we'll we'll see how it goes. All
1: right, so hey, there we go. That's a lot of uh, it's, it's a little bit of a fun there, you know. Talk about you know, about, you know some, yeah. some of the battles. The recruiting war, man. But, like it, you, it you know, what, AC, we got 24 hours here, bro. It, it's time <laughs> to talk about the fucking game. It's time to get into it. We got. <laughs> We got to talk about a couple of different matchups, and one one in particular for me, because we're just going to pick, you know, a different matchup that we think mm-hmm. is going to be the key to the game. Um, but for me, AC, I want to start off with the tie time Washington versus Jeremy Roach. Um, That's a good that one. matchup. So here's the thing with this matchup: is people are I, I've been re- I don't know where this came from all of a sudden, but over the last week, I've seen more pieces written about how Jeremy Roach is the stir the straw that stirs the drink for for Duke. I I don't think that that's the case. I don't think either one, any any of the three of us here on this podcast have not said that. Can I tell you? Yeah.
2: Can I tell you where that comes from? Because people are still stuck in this mindset that you have to have a true point guard to run a team and win a national championship. And that is the most bogus statement in 2021 that you can possibly make. The true point guard is dead. The true center is dead, everybody said. Five years ago? Okay, so if that's really the case, the true point guard is definitely gone. So it's it's not about Jeremy being this, you know, he, he's not the end-all be-all. What Jeremy right. needs to be able to do is score. He needs to be able to facilitate without turning the ball over, and he needs to be an option when somebody else has the ball so that nobody else can be double-teamed. And I think he showed that he's willing to make that move and that transformation and has the ability to do so in the exhibition we played.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And so on the, on the flip side of that, you have Ty Washington, who is actually going to be asked mm-hmm. to do a hell of a lot more for his team than Jeremy is
2: yeah, for Duke. Yeah, absolutely. And really, honestly, I'm glad you brought, I, I'm actually glad you brought this matchup up because I've seen it multiple times. I think that I'm, we're going to see Jeremy on Severe Wheeler. I really do. I think we're going to see a mixture of Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore on Ty Ty Washington because he's more of a scorer. Severe Wheeler is that guy who's Calipari's kind of setting him up as that distributor. He's 5'9". nine. We're gonna put Jeremy on Jeremy at 5'11", foot towers over this kid. <laughs> quite yeah. honestly, but Sevier right. Wheel is a turnover machine, and I would love to see uh, I'd love to see Jeremy Roach on him all night, kind of giving him fits.
1: Yeah, and and Jack, I mean, talk about Ty Ty Washington's game a little bit in terms of what? Yeah, I I, I, I follow like AC's you know thought process here and having a longer defender and a guy that's clearly shorter than Ty is. Um, guarding him pretty much the entire game. How how do you see that playing out?
0: I like that matchup for Duke. I mean, Tai Tai he he is like at, like both of you guys have said he's a good scorer. He's uh honestly he he's got that mentality. He's going to try to go go after whoever's on him, but if you got a bigger, stronger guy regardless of regardless of anything else, we got guys who are pretty I wouldn't necessarily say equal, but comparable enough in athleticism with Tai Tai to uh to hold up against him. I think I think we're gonna be we're gonna be sitting pretty watching uh, watching Trevor and Wendell lock him up.
1: Yeah, and, and so like if if you get to a point, Jack, that you know you're forcing you know Ty had a really nice you know little uh, exhibition series for freaking Kentucky, He averaged uh, almost 17 points a game, shooting almost 60%. Made all of his threes. I think he was six and six. He's a scorer. You know he can play. He's six three. Uh, he's very highly rated in this in this freshman class. So the guy's a bowler and he's gonna be a one and done player. Uh, you know, nothing but respect for the game. But, you know, I do like the the length. I, I think we do put, you know, someone like Wendell on him, uh, Keon's length. Uh, and and I, I do think that if you can put him in a situation where he has to take 17, 18, 19 shots to get his 20, I think that's good for Duke, AC. Yes, sir.
2: And it reminds me of, remember when we were at the, the Champions Classic watching Duke beat Kansas, the following game against Michigan State. You had Ashton Hagens and those guys and Emmanuel quickly throwing up a bunch of shots. And, yeah. you know, for a minute there, it looked like, you know, that, that was trouble for Kentucky or whatever. I think the same thing here. The best thing they could possibly have for Duke, especially Ty Ty Washington coming off of six for six from three in the exhibitions. He was briefly recruited by Duke. Let's throw that out there. The best thing possible for Duke is he hits his first two threes. Honestly, I really hope he does because he's going to jack after that because that's the type of player he is, and their game is toast. And we'll get to that in the the our, in the matchup when we talk about offense versus defense or whatever. But they're toast. If he if he hits his first couple shots and all of a sudden gets that, that huge confidence from playing in front of fans, playing in the garden, showing the scouts, look at me, I'm Ty Ty Washington, I belong in the conversation with Paolo and everybody else, he's going to start shooting, and that is it for Kentucky, dog, I'm telling you.
1: Hey, good point there, AC, Speaking of Paulo, what uh, what matchup are you looking at? It's it's who are number one? Who are they going to put on him?
2: And number two, good luck. <laughs> like, quite honestly, like <laughs> like.
1: Can, can we can we
2: insert the uh the, the taking you know good <laughs> luck? Good luck. But uh, yeah, surely, like, it's like is it Damian Collins? Is it Keon Brooks? Is it Obi Toppin? Like, Jake. Sorry, yeah yeah, 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 Obi. They got to bring Obi back. <laughs> yeah, but they need to. <laughs> they need to bring Obi back. <laughs> but no, sorry, Jacob Toppin. Yeah, that it's it's going to be a conglomeration of those three guys. I, I can't imagine they put you on him because he is so flat footed on defense. There's no chance he has a chance against follow. But you got those three guys. They at least have the athleticism to try to stay with him. Damian Collins is known as a long shot blocker, but he's also known as not being ready for college between his size, between how raw his game is. You put him on the floor. You take away something from the offense. He's not going to be a factor on the offensive end. So now you're playing four and five on the O. And if they're doing that, if Kentucky's trying to do that against this offensive team that Duke is going to bring out, good luck to y'all. But yeah, you know, Apollo. Apollo is he's a matchup nightmare for anyone. There's no one and nothing that you can do to Apollo. Like you, okay, let's put a long guy on him. He's going to take you to the hole. He's going to overpower you because he's two fifty. All right, so let's put a guy who can you know block shots down low. Okay, he's going to step outside and take threes and kill you. So I am not worried about it for one second. We're gonna put them in the we're gonna murder them in the pick and roll. We're gonna murder them in the pick and pop, switching on defenders, things like that. It's good luck. Good luck, Kentucky.
1: Jack, I can't follow that. Can you follow that?
0: I mean but, uh, Calipari, actually, I think, said it best. You can call me crazy for saying that, but he what he said earlier today was that Paulo, Paulo is bigger and definitely more powerful than most of the guys that Kentucky's gonna run the four. But yeah, that means yeah. he's going to have to guard yeah. a smaller, shiftier guy on the other end. I'm not worried about that. Paulo is way shiftier than Calipari thinks he but is. <laughs> they don't really
2: have anybody that. Yeah, they, they don't have anybody on their team. Like, that's the thing. This is not a. Uh, uh, like, the typical Kentucky team we've seen in the past decade where they. Every position, they have somebody that can possibly do something that you're like, all right, we got to watch this guy. Like, their post on the offensive side for us to defend is honestly not that difficult. So, like, Paulo's not. His, his defensive assignment is really not going to be a big factor, and he is going to cancel out exactly anything that they can offer on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for whoever has to try to potentially guard him. You know, the, the one thing I will say is I, you want to see Paolo be aggressive early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want him to, you know, quote-unquote let the game come to him because he, he is the best player on the floor. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to dispute that. He's going to be the best player in the building. Oh, mm-hmm. every game. So, Every game, every
2: building we step
1: into, all of it. But like tomorrow night, first game, there's going to be some butterflies. AC, what what are you looking for out of him to say, "Hey, I'm setting the tone. This is who I am. I've I've somehow been disrespected by all the, -hmm. all the, the, all the the, uh, media publications out there that are not putting me as a favorite to win Player of the Year or first team All American." Yeah, the the best.
2: What
1: are you looking for? The best thing.
2: The best thing I can see from Paolo is attacking the interior. Getting their guys in foul trouble and then being able to dump off on the help like Mark Williams and everybody else like Paolo and Mark working together tomorrow is going to be a big deal. Like so, Paolo driving the driving the lane, driving the interior, playing the high low is going to be that. That's going to be it. That that is that is what's going to set the tone for how this game goes. If he settles and shoots early, then that's like okay we got to get it back together and you're probably looking at a closer game. I think the line right now is like minus one and a half or minus two for Duke yep. in Duke's favor, but you'll see a game closer to that type of line. But if, if he does attack the interior and does set the tone for Duke in that way, in, in that physical way that he can, and no one else on their team can match up with him, then you're going to see what we saw with that Kentucky game in 18, where there's, at that point it's, it's lost cost. Yeah. We're, we're going to look like Miles
1: College against Kentucky. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, and, and that's a good thing for those yeah. uh, who did not follow the fact that they barely beat them. Uh, all right, so you, you did bring up uh, you did bring up Big Mark and Jack. You love this matchup uh, of the big men. Talk a little bit about what you're expecting to see here. So
0: at least the starters, it's going to be Big Mark and Oscar Shubway, who just transferred in from West Virginia. So here's the here's the thing that interests me. First off, there's a four inch height difference between the two in, in Mark's mm-hmm. favor which is going to be really exciting to see uh, how he operates in the low post against a guy like Shubway who is a great rebounder, a pretty good interior defender, and he's a he's a big body. He's uh, he is 6'9, he's 260 though, which uh Mark is not. Marcus Marcus is very skinny compared to a guy who is that that height and weight. Mm-hmm. The one thing that does really interest me is that Oscar Shubway, he has played He's played 41 games in college over his year and a half at West Virginia. He has 18 career assists. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of trapping. Maybe Paulo will come in and do some helping. And the guy's not a good passer. Again, 18 assists in two years. Yeah. Trevon Duvall had more than that in, in his first two games at Duke. Just, just for comparison, right. this is a guy who, in his only full year of college basketball, he averaged almost a double-double. He averaged 11 and a little over 9 a block a game. But he, he turns the ball over at a decent rate. I think Mark Mark has a decent low post touch, especially on a guy four inches shorter than him. And I think it's just it's gonna be bully ball, especially since Duke's four is gonna be larger than their five.
2: And that's that's the key right there. It's like Shoot is not like when we played the Champions Classic in in nineteen, Shoewe sorta of reminds me of Doke uh Udoka Azabuke from Kansas. In terms of, they're very one-dimensional players. was very flat-footed. He can't guard you on the perimeter things. So him with Mark is, you know, he, he's gonna want to play with Mark down low, but he's gonna have to help. He's a really, really good offensive rebounder, but his defensive rate, re- defensive rebounding rate, is a little bit lower because he doesn't rebound out of his area well. Like this, Kentucky continues to bring up this matchup like it's something. Like this, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, this dude is a non-factor in this game. Is he gonna get a chance to block a couple shots? Sure, he is. Is he going to rebound a few balls? Absolutely is, because that's what he does. But he is not – he's not what's going to make this matchup run.
1: And then do they have anybody that can match up with Theo uh, when we when we're talk about the reserves on the front line? Absolutely not, because their depth in that center
2: position is horrendous. and Like, they talked about their depth online, in public – they don't have anybody else outside of Oscar at the center position. What are you guys talking about, Damian Collins? Give me a break, dog. Shut up. I want to hear it, man.
0: Like, isn't Shoeboy like their only guy above six? Yes.
2: Oh yes. Like this. Like they brought this six nine. The like you can't. You can't. Uh, like really. Like uh, take your take your account. Here's what you do. Take your account. Ball it up. and Throw it in the trash. <laughs> like seriously, man. Because that front court. That front court matchup. For us, game over. Win. That's it. That's
1: uh, where it stops. AC, I thought it was a rhetorical question that I was asking so we could get to the next segment, but I didn't realize it was lighting a fire on you guys.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fired up for this game.
1: I'm on, I, can't I, tell I,
2: you. Yeah. I can't even tell you how fired up I am for this game, man. All right, so
0: let's, oh, I can't wait. <laughs>
1: okay, let's talk about uh, a couple of different things then. Let's talk about the Duke offense versus the Kentucky defense. Since we're already kind of talking about the, the lack of uh, ability on Kentucky front line yeah, we might see a couple block shots here and there, but play. offensively, what kind of scheme do you like Duke running uh, here, Jack?
0: I like Duke pounding the ball inside. Again, like we literally just said, Kentucky has nobody above six nine. Duke has two starters above six nine, and I don't know how much of their actual playable bench is six seven or taller. It's uh, it's going to be incredible. I think the interior scoring, but then you remember, even if they start to send multiple guys down low, like double teaming guys in the post. All of Duke's big, bigger guys can pass, and the three-point shooting is better than it's been in five or six years. I think it's an inside-out game for the Blue Devils. I think Kentucky's defense will not be able to handle that, especially since Paulo Boncaro is an instant mismatch on both sides of the floor.
1: Yeah, AC, what, what do you see here? Because I can see a lot of slashing. You know, I don't see it necessarily as, you know, I'm not, and Jeff, I'm not sure if you were alluding to the, you know. I'm not sure it's going to be something where we're dumping the ball down a lot, unless it is to Paulo. Um, I see it more. We're, we're spreading this thing out. we got a lot of slashes. Hopefully a guys like Keels and Jeremy can get into the lane, throw balls out by the rim. But what, AC, what do you see? Yeah, I, I see
2: the same thing. I, I see us definitely using our front court to its advantage, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to dump it down low in the traditional sense. The high low with Paolo and Mark, Paolo driving the ball and getting dumps down the mark after he's torched them for the first couple of possessions Jeremy Roach making the interior against severe Wheeler is going to be a big deal. Like that's, that's all things that are going to happen. And it, it's, it is a true, true mismatch. And to ignore that is to be blind. Like, don't look at the score. Don't look at the Vegas odds. Like this, there's no way that this game should be close unless we decide to just sit out on the perimeter and shoot threes the whole time. And honestly, I can absolutely see Kentucky going to a zone at some point Maybe it's the beginning of the game. Maybe it's later on. I can see them going to a zone to try to force us to do that. But we have the ultimate zone breaker in Paolo. Him sitting at the high post is going to be ridiculous, man. And if Trevor's on at any point, if Wendell is doing his thing at any point, if Joey can hit at any point, that zone is toast, Thought.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't see anything other than, you know, Do you, let me ask you this real quick, Jack, um, before we move on. Do you see us going out and running? Because I think that's one of the huge strengths of our team is that we have basically pretty much four guys at all times that can push the ball at any moment.
0: Oh, for sure. Duke has to run it. Duke has to push the pace. Um Duke basketball has been very up tempo for a long time at this point, and I I see that continuing. Um I I mean with a guy like Paulo, again, who is an instant mismatch, who is a zone breaker if the fast break is stopped, but who can run the break and be a Giannis type in transition. Yeah, no you have choice. to you have to. Like there's there's no way around that. You got no choice.
2: You got no choice about the run. You got no, you got to you got to our, our bigs can run with their guards. You got to force them off the line on the three-point side. That type of thing we'll talk about that in a minute, but in in order to do it, in doing that, that is going to be a, that's going to set us up in transition and that's what we need to do. We need to do it like we did in the exhibition. Score off of their misses. Score off of their turnovers. You do that and this this game is it's completely over.
1: <laughs> is there anything that Kentucky can do defensively that would give us this?
2: Force us to shoot. You force us to shoot. I'm not saying we're a bad three-point shooting team, right, but what but I am saying strength. is, yeah. right, it's it's not our complete strength, and it's still a lower percentage shot than it is to get to the interior. And you're going to frustrate Paolo by doing that. You're going to frustrate and take Mark out of the game by doing that. So, if they can if they can force us to the outside and just force us into being a team that just jacks up a bunch of shots like Syracuse tries to do, sure, but that's not Calipari's brand. He doesn't do that. He's not great at teaching the zone. So I can't be it I can't see it being that effective with a bunch of transfers and a bunch of new guys coming in. First game of the season. Duke is always more prepared than Kentucky for the first game of the season. So Like Kentucky fans are saying, oh, in March, we'll be back. Like, whatever, man, I'll come back in March, too,
1: please. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and come back. All right, so uh, we talked about that a little bit. Jack, let's talk a little bit about Duke's defense against Kentucky's offense. What do you see kind of happening in this one?
0: I see Duke just imposing their size on Kentucky, who, again, is going to have a guy who is 5'9", getting a lot of run, has a guy six nine. That's their tallest player. Again, Duke has two guys taller than that in their starting lineup, and then a couple more off the bench. I I I think that the team, I think the team is going to be too much for Kentucky. Like like Jay Wright said after the scrimmage that Duke had against Nova, it's the size is imposing. The size is really good. The length, the athleticism, like AC just said, Duke has bigs who can run with Kentucky's guards. I see a, a lot of just shot rejections and really heavily contested shots that are going to result in a lot of Kentucky misses and a lot of Duke transition opportunities.
1: And AC, you know, we talked about you know the length of Duke, but what, we, we kind of all feel that Kentucky is just going to jack up a bunch of threes. I mean, they're pretty much admitting that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so do you see them doing anything different offensively other than just saying, hey, and we're going to live and die by the three against you guys?
2: It's also the second pass. They're gonna they're gonna try to make that second pass to Oscar Shuboy down low. Tai Tai and Severe Wheeler are gonna be able to make the interior on occasion. We're gonna funnel them on defense. We gotta we gotta be able to funnel them to the baseline, funnel them to our bigs. But the bigs have to be ready and have to anticipate the second pass coming across the lane because you're gonna have Shuboy on the opposite side on the weak side of the drive. You're gonna have Dion uh, or Keon Brooks on the opposite side of the drive, and that's that's a big deal. And then their shooting this year is better than it has been in a while. The potential anyway, for shooting Dante Allen, um, CJ Frederick, Kellen Grady, those guys, and even Ty Ty. Those are like their four premier shooters. Those guys are really good shooters. If, if any of those guys are on Duke, I'd be like, I'm happy to have those guys. Cause that's a shooter that we have. They have four of them. Now, can they play all four of them at the same time? They cannot because that puts them in a severe mismatch. So they're not going to be able to do that, which is favor to us again. But not allowing them to get easy shots from the perimeter. That's, that's a big thing. And not allowing that second pass on the interior where they make the drive, they make maybe make another dish and then pass across the lane. We can't let that happen over and over again. It's going to put us in foul trouble and it's going to put us in a bad spot where they're getting easy buckets. And when that's the that's the easiest bucket they can possibly get against us.
1: Yeah. And Jack, I mean, do you have anything there that, that offensively – Just the lead? shooting. Like, and I think seriously. that's
0: pretty easy to shut down. like. I was more scared three years ago than I am right now yep. of, of Kentucky.
1: Honestly, and we know how that we, exactly. we know how that one walked out.
2: Yeah. Truly, yeah, truly though, yeah, truly. Like that team, the team with Reed Travis and EJ Montgomery and those guys and Nick Richards. That on paper seemed like a, a, a more fair matchup. It seemed like a better matchup, and honestly, to a lot of people, it seemed like that was a better matchup for Kentucky than Duke. And so now we're on the other side of the fence here. But I like us. Better than I like Cal in that situation, because Cal, t- he takes November and he says, I don't care about November. Let you guys do what you do. We saw it against Miles College. We saw it against the other Kentucky, small Kentucky college that they played in their exhibition. We saw fighting from their guys. You saw, you know, you saw Kellen Grady and some of the other guys kind of, you know, what are you looking at you? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, what I mean, like there were there were things that were happening that if I was a Kentucky fan, I'd be like, that is disconcerting. But. You know what I mean? It's November, so Duke Duke traditionally in November comes out more prepared than most other teams. And now we've had an off season. Now we've had we've had practice together. The team has got loads of chemistry together. This just it screams super Duke mismatch and the fact that the score is at one and a half, like it just shocks me, man.
1: So I mean, Jack, I feel like ACG's kinda of laid out the excuse playbook for Kentucky bags. <laughs> You know, basically saying that Cal doesn't really want to win this game because he, you know, he wants to teach his lessons and whatever. And then they, they peak in the, you know, in the spring. I, I mean, do you feel that way? Or, I mean, I kind of felt insulted by you know the fact that that is I mean, kind of how they're going to approach this. Thing.
0: Even their players think that way. Tyler Hero still thinks that Duke would have beat Duke would have <laughs> he lost if they it. played he again. Still, huh? It. He's an idiot. He's an idiot, and people need to realize that he's an idiot who <laughs> thinks he's way better than he is.
1: You know anybody can get hot in that little gym in the bubble. You know, good for mm-hmm. him. But okay, anyway. So uh, he's a loser. <laughs> okay, so speaking of non-losers, we'll go into the predictions here. And and you know, I think this year I'm gonna go over eighty-seven percent all my picks. Okay, right. year. I'm I'm confident right. in, in saying that. I'm but good. no, I'm serious. I, I just think that you know, with my track record, and I have a clear head this year. I feel of of the three of us. I'm we really actually keep score this year. this year.
2: We gotta keep score this year because you
1: you keep saying that every year, and
2: I
0: keep
1: I keep feeling like it's not the case.
0: Last year doesn't count just for everything. Okay, right.
1: So we're gonna start this year, and I think the way we have to do, and we're, we're, by the way, we're just kind of coming up with this on the fly <laughs> now. So I think we have to do you have to get a point for to, to correct okay. the correct win loss, uh, and then we'll do uh, I guess the point spread differential. We're going type of deal, in, uh, may right. and maybe total, and and total, so, you know, difference in spread, uh, over-under essentially, uh, in combined points, and then, uh, obviously, wins and loss. because obviously we'll probably be all on the same page, especially this one, so, uh, Jack, you are the uh, the junior here, so we're going to let you have the, uh, the floor first, uh, prediction on this game,
0: uh, I mean, Duke's going to win, that's my <laughs> projection there, and then... Yep. I don't wanna say it's gonna be like three years ago, so I'm gonna say ninety to seventy
1: nine. Okay, ninety to seventy nine for Jack, writing these down. AC, what do you got? This
2: game the same the same fodder that Kentucky fans are using against us with Mark and Wendell. They're like, Oh, those guys came back to school for a reason, so we got that matchup. We got a bunch of experienced guys. You dumb idiots you got a bunch of grand transfers who clearly can't even play overseas. So why are you saying that they're going to be our guys who return when your guys have returned for four and five years now, you dummies? It's the same thing. You're biting your own hand. Idiots. Duke, 105. Kentucky, 67.
1: Oh, yes, sir. Oh, shit. Yes, sir. Um, um, wow. Somebody get the smell sauce away from my boy, All right. I mean, well, Honestly, I, I, I'm more kind of leaning toward AC's thinking here that I think that we I, I'm I'm just kind of stunned at the one and a half. You know, is it because we haven't seen I'm know, looking Duke? now it's a pick'em. Like it's, come on, man. What a, oh, what it's a,
0: switched. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh god.
1: And look, I do not give gambling advice on the show. It's not that kind of show, but I would throw the house on Duke tomorrow unless there is something I'm just completely missing here. I'm actually closer to Jack's score though. Uh I got Duke 92, Kentucky seventy four. So I do think we could kind of pull away late to have an eighteen point win. Uh so Jack, I got you here at ninety seventy nine. I'm just a little bit higher at ninety two seventy four. And then AC, my guy, at 10567 <laughs> 105, I mean it's close to the score we beat uh most of San State by on this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cause you to, you know. <laughs> you, you're exactly right, because <laughs> that's the respect that I give Kentucky this year. They're coming oh, off man. a nine and sixteen record. No, thank you, sir. No, no. thank you.
1: You no. know, everybody. Th- you know, Jack. Everybody talks about Duke. <laughs> everybody talks about Duke. You know, missing the tournament last year. We're, we were thirteen and thirteen. But obviously, nobody's going to sugarcoat that we sucked. But Kentucky sucked.
0: We had a winning record.
1: Yeah, we were 13-11. They were
2: worse than us. They were nine and sixteen.
1: They sucked. Yeah.
0: Calipari's we, we coaching got, was just garbage.
2: We got the better Davidson player. I'm going to say it. Did. I'm going to say it. We, did. we got Bates Jones. Okay. We got the okay. better Davidson player.
1: Okay, let's, <laughs> okay, let's, let's, uh, let's maybe have a, a player prediction then. We'll start with Bates Jones then. Um, Bates Jones over, under, three and a half points tomorrow.
0: Over. I'll take the over. I think he's going to have five or
1: six. Okay, I'm going under. And Would, would I have their three and a half points? I'm yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So three and a half points for for Bass Jones. You two morons are going over. And- <laughs> hey, Jeff White had like here?
0: seven points.
1: Yes, sir. That's true. No, I don't think he's going to get the touches. I don't think he's going to get the looks. Um. Okay. So now we go tomorrow night, nine thirty PM. Madison Square Garden. Cameron North. What AC? What he got? We're there. The whole five
2: point play crew is there. The game's going to start at ten o'clock. We're going to be. I, I will. I will be full of scotch. <laughs> oh, gosh. So,
1: so, AC might not get in the building. AC might not get in the building, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Actually, everybody Yo. tune in. Everybody tune in Wednesday for the recap. And we're really, gonna, the first question we're going to say is, AC, did you remember the game?
2: We might have to do a pre-game live space event so y'all can see what state I'm in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a
0: mess. You know,
1: honestly, so we're, 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 we're taking the Amtrak up. We'll do like a, you know... First, getting on the train, and mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm, then we get mm-hmm. to around Philly. Yep. Take another picture, and then we get yep. to the Penn Station, and then we get in for maybe halftime of the uh, the other game. I don't know who's playing against Michigan State. <laughs> <places. Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll do a picture then, and then you know by yep. the time the ball kicks off around nine thirty, ten o'clock, we can um, we can see if AC's still awake. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but, but well, honestly, on this is the first game that we've been pumped for in almost two years. I am ready to go. Jack, you are ready to go. AC, I think the whole town knows that you're ready to roll. <laughs> you know, baby. Duke, Kentucky, Madison Square Garden, in the big city, the Big Apple. Jack will be there. AC will be there. And your boy, TJ will be watching One, from the garden. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke.
0: Let's go, Duke.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the 5-Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast check us out at Instagram at five point play podcast that's the number five point play podcast and on Twitter five point play podcast go
1: do!